baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, The big news yesterday after we were off the air, the U.S. Supreme Court decides it will hear uh, President Trump's appeal of the uh, district court, uh, the appeals court in D.C., rather, uh, saying he is, uh, President, is not immune from crimes. Well, the Supreme Court will take that up, and that's delaying things, and we are going to talk about that decision with uh, Jill Hasday, who we always go to Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, cases of the Supreme Court. She is a... Got lots of questions. Law professor at the University Mm -hmm. of Minnesota. And by the way, yesterday I told Dave he was shocked for me to find out that, okay, this new Billy Joel song, Turn the Lights Back On, Mm -hmm. like I'm totally obsessed with it and my wife is obsessed with it now. And now we are deciding, we are considering taking the time to go to New York to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Oh, you absolutely should. I know. And Dave was giving me crap because he thought I was a Billy Joel hater, and that's oh. never been the case. I have always maintained, and I still do, that there are fantastic, wonderful Billy Joel songs, like all iconic, all-time Billy yes. Joel songs, but there are also some garbage Billy Joel songs. Okay, there are no garbage Billy Joel yes, songs, so take it back. Yes, there are. The doo-wop 80s Billy Joel is garbage. Please... Ugh, really? Oh. For the longest time? Yeah. Well, okay. come on. Um, but still, no. Turn off his mic. Uh, that's sacrilege. But I mean, what a what a scope of work. And the the old time Billy Joel is yes. amazing, and the new stuff mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. So okay, so maybe no for the longest time. Maybe no Uptown Girl. See, Uptown Girl is. I kind of like Uptown Girl. <laughs> So I know. Just flip flopping. I know. Eighties doing back and forth. Right. And like, we didn't start the fire. That's a great song. He doesn't like we didn't start the fire. It's a great song. He doesn't. He doesn't like that song. I I don't care. It's still a great song. A lot of times, artists are like sick of their big hits, or they don't like them, or they were in a bad place when they wrote it, but it came out of something interesting. So he says there's no melody to the song. That's why he doesn't like. We can. See his genius through through yeah. that. Okay, I will stop now. In a world of increasing in a world prices, of increasing prices at restaurants at restaurants, one restaurant turning one back restaurant's the clock, turning back the clock, and bringing back a and fan, bringing favorite. back a fan. Favorite. This Sunday, this Sunday, the Metrodome, the Metrodome, brought to you by Jam and Company Seven. <laughs> the Applebee's Dollarita is yes. back. The Dollarita cocktail drove traffic in the fourth quarter of last year. Dollarita. It's just what you think it is, a margarita for a dollar, available at your local Applebee's. The drink uh, boosted sales and profits in part because, of course, more than 90% of People guests order more booze. than just the dollarita, right? You go in for the dollarita, you end up buying a steak or whatever. It also helped attract a younger crowd, including many who had never been to the restaurant before. Adam could a dollar cocktail entice you to head to your local Applebee's? Of course. I don't need enticement to go to Applebee's. I am not an Applebee's hater. I'm not one of these snobs that says, oh, come on. You've got to go to just local restaurants. Don't go to chain restaurants. I'll go to a chain if I want to go to a chain. (laughs) 
And my, by the way, young people love Applebee's. Wait, is that true? They're not snobs about it? Young people like Applebee's? Like my kids. Oh, okay. Teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah, yeah okay. that teenagers okay. go to Applebee's. And I think, you know, that's where they hang out because they can go there and hang out and get apps. And, and well, they can't get they're dollar margaritas. They're not getting dollar margaritas. No, they're they better not. better not be. But. Um, wait, David, did you say there's one in St. Louis Park? Is that what we've had this kind of? Uh, I did, but ago. there is one in St. Louis Park. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I have to go there and experience the full-on Applebee's this is, experience. I think we should go for lunch and Applebee's. I'll get dollar like, mar- uh, four, Is it five, really six? just a legitimate one-dollar margarita? Uh, I believe How is it is. Possible? It's a small yeah. margarita, okay. but yeah, I believe there's. You can no... get in serious trouble with a dollar margarita. I remember uh, grandmas <laughs> up in Duluth when I went to Duluth had like one-dollar Long Island iced tea night. Oof. And that was a oof. And you could get multiple. It's not just oh, yeah. a one limit. Yeah. No. It's you could. Well, I'm sure they make like 10. a like a you know five gallons a time, yes. and they just pour probably it just, over just the just ice. A little yeah, and it's bit also of probably not a great pour either. No. If no. you're not getting a That's full shot in there. Right. Yeah. But it's a dollar. Or should you for a dollar? Yeah. Because if you're drinking, well, I'm going to have seven of them. Yeah. No. <laughs> How's everybody feeling about Applebee's? I love Applebee's. Uh, yeah, I do too. Really? I think it's I a mean, solid restaurant. I think they changed it enough. They keep it relevant enough. The only problem I have is it's not a problem. They still can get away with the Oriental chicken salad. Oh, you can't say that. It's on their menu. Is it still there? Really? It's still on their menu. The thing about Applebee's is it like it's Do you not... choke when you order it? Like I'll, I'll have the Asian chicken salad. Sorry, David. Well, that's what I, most I mean, of them are Asian chicken salad yeah. are, and I'm wondering why. I don't even want to say that. I I don't. I'm just like I'm not. I don't want to cancel them. I'm yeah, just. I just. Yeah, yeah. I'm just observing. Wow, that's that's unusual that they still have that on the menu. But that's crazy. Who am I? I'm not going to be cancel culture. Forecast doesn't change. <laughs> that was Tim Walls. I think yes, that was does. Walls talking it does about change. That. Uh, sp- continuing with the restaurant news, the Panacake Panacookin 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 House. Breakfast spot in St. Louis Park off Excelsior Boulevard has closed was its the doors. La- was that the last Panacookin? Suddenly, sign appeared on the door, an eatery carrying the message from the owner stating that it was with gratitude and heavy heart that we announced the clothing- closing of the Panacookin after 25 years. The restaurant in St. Louis Park has been open since 1999 with its distinctive oven-baked Dutch-style pancakes. I, I believe there is one other Panacookin still open in Rochester. Jordana, have you ever been to the Panacookin and will you miss it? I drive past it all the time because it's on Excelsior Boulevard by Miracle Mile and Opitz, my favorite clothing store. Um, Do you say Panacookin Hoos? I just say Panacookin. I didn't know Hoos was part of it. It's Pancake House, I think, in Swedish. Excuse me. This is about me. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. It's Dutch, though. Is it? Oh, in Dutch. Sorry. Okay, it's Jordana. Go ahead. But no, I've never been. (laughs) So wait, is it closed already or do I still have time to go? It's already closed. You're oh, not well, going. I, like, I missed that. Four days ago. not going. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm really not. I mean, are they are they regular pancakes? Are they good? No, I mean, they're are like, they like no, have, have you never had like a Dutch style yeah. baked pancake? Like We no, call it I a Dutch bad. baby. Now you're pancake shaming me. Oh, George. I'm totally getting pancake shamed, you guys. That's like one of my go-to things to make for breakfast in well, our then house. Come they're and delicious. Make it. Oh, I will totally make you one. It's a panacook. Yeah, they're very good. And I think their waitresses used to dress up like Frauleins and... Yes. I, yes, I believe Is you're right. And acceptable when now? somebody would order a, a panacookin, they would come out of the kitchen and like yell. They had to, every time yeah, they, they run the kitchen, they run fast. Panacookin, and they like uh, run through the restaurant because they shtick. deflate once they're out of the oven. You got to like carry them out to the table right away. Right. And this is something you make, David. 
Uh, oh, yeah. It's like the easy – like I have the recipe memorized. It's four ingredients. You put in a cast iron in the oven for 20 minutes. It's easy and great. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll have to come over and make it – or I'll come over. Sounds good. A panacookin. Put some panacookin. homemade panacookin. maple syrup on there. Panacookin. 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 Can't wait. The majority of Americans are going to ask for a raise this year. A survey found that 66% of employees age 18 to 27 will ask for a raise. 51% of Gen Zers and 42% of Boomers. Again, stats on uh, percentage of American workers who will ask for a raise this year. Workers feel that their paychecks are not keeping up with rising prices due to inflation. Yeah. Adam Carter, will you ask for a raise this year? Uh, yes, <laughs> I will. I'm putting it out there will right now. Will you get one? No, you will not. <laughs> it's not like the company that owns us is in bankruptcy or anything. Uh, does Trust that me, hurt my chances? I already asked. Does it that hurt happen. my chances? I've been asking for five years. It's not going to happen, my friend. <laughs> we, we. This is a labor of love. This is a donation. But George Soros, I thought, bought all our. Uh, oh, right. He Ooh. bought all our debt. So he'll give me the the liberal talking points. Right? It better come with an increase in pay, George. Right. We'll look for that list. Yeah. But yeah, I'll try. I mean, yeah, you should. Sure. You yeah, should you always got to ask. Should always they can ask. only say no. Yes. All right, where are we putting our and boobs will, on the line? Uh, what store are we doing boobs? Mammogram Center in a Walmart caught a positive breast cancer case within the first few weeks of opening. That's right. Walmart is partnering with oh, a wow. radiology lab to offer mammograms in its stores. It's being tested in select locations in an effort to make screenings more affordable and accessible. The testing is going well, according to Walmart, and they plan to open more centers in the coming months. Jordana, would you get a mammogram at a Walmart? Totally. I would. Absol- this is These are life-saving technologies that not everybody makes an effort to go to. Honestly, like I, I, my gynecologist will have said to me, Jory, I haven't had a mammogram in a couple of years, make an appointment. And that's, I'm somebody who knows that I should do that, has access, has good health coverage. And I still put something like that off. But if you're at Walmart and, or you know you're going and you know you need one, absolutely, this is a good thing. And access to healthcare for women of, for all women, just all women is a good thing. And if, look, I go to the doctor at CVS. I just went to their minute clinic. Like, right, we're getting. Well, that's what I was going to say. COVID I mean, we there. already have clinics and what? targets. Why and are we not doing it at Walmart? Why can't you get a mammogram? Hundred percent. This should absolutely be happening. And yes, I am not above. I might not want the one dollar margarita at Applebee's, but I want the mammogram at Walmart, and I would absolutely go there. Somebody was texting us. Can you hurry up and tell me where the store is? Because I need a new job. <laughs> Okay, you need training for that, right. and we're no, just uh, no. not flashing boobs out, no. but go get, go lay it on the plate, everybody, get it squeezed, get a picture. It's not a fun procedure, but it's over in a few minutes, and everybody, every woman woman should get a mammogram, and if men are at risk, they can get mammograms too. Oh, look at this. Worked at a Panacookin years and years ago, hated the uniform, and yelling Panacookin as he went through the restaurant. Total embarrassment. Yeah. That's part of the gig, though, like the That flare. is part of the gig. It's part of the gig. What other jobs have we had that you had to, like, park your ego at the door? That is a six five one four six one nine two two six. Yes. Jobs that you, like, had to do things that you just hated that were part of. I got a couple. The most embarrassing thing you've yes. done. Yes. We want to hear it. Okay. six five one four six one nine two two six. Jobs where you had to park your ego and just embarrass yourself. And that scarred you for life. But I'm here.
This is a great song. So good. Though I used to be romantic, I forgot. I never had to wear a crazy uniform and I would never have taken a job where I had to sing, even if it was happy birthday, because I am completely tone deaf. I can't really hear. Really, no? You would not? I, I can't That know. would be a deal breaker? That might be a deal breaker, because that I mean, would be you could be hide. You wouldn't have to, like, actually, you just kind of have to be in the crowd. and Maybe clapping. That would be humiliating, though. The, the singing is, yeah, that might put me because over Because that's like, you know why? They're humiliated. The person whose birthday it is is humiliated. Totally. And who's the only person who, lo- who like, who loves it? Just, I guess if it's a kid... The parents love to see. Mm-hmm. Or well, if you're the friends that? that are humiliating your friend getting the happy, happy birthday song uh, as they turn red. Yeah, but your humiliation is not also if in the humiliation of the poor wait staff. Yeah. We should end that practice. Well, I agree. Well, did you have a job where you needed to sit down? Yeah. Where you needed to do something embarrassing? I, uh, I didn't ever had to wear a costume. Dave, did you ever have to wear a costume for a job that you had? I mean, like not a mo- not necessarily your uniform, yeah, but like a costume where, like, hey, you're gonna like. I think of the people, and somebody texted in here. Here's one: worked at a Burger King, donned the Whopper costume, Ooh. and stood at the corner of a busy intersection to advertise our opening after a remodel. Oof, that'd be tough. At least you can't see the face, though. That's the saving grace that none of your friends are going to drive by and be like, "Hey, there's Adam in the, <laughs> He's costume. In the Whopper." I was uh, I used to sell Christmas trees at the farmers market in Minneapolis. A little seasonal job during college. That's a and good job. We had a it was a great job. It was really fun. And we had a uh, like we'd have Santa Claus there on the weekends. And I uh, I played Santa Claus one weekend. So I'm sitting there in the costume giving up candy canes to kids. And it was I don't know. Yeah, it was but you're fine. Santa Claus. There's nothing wrong with being Santa Claus. I know, but it's not really the job you sign up for. Then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm put on this like sweaty, stinky suit. It's not the greatest. Marley had one. She worked for Ben and Jerry's. Marley's my oldest. She worked for Ben and Jerry's and they used to do a lot of catering. And they would have a, what was their mascot? A cow. She was the cow. And she would, or on free cone day. They would, because there was always a line, so there was a cow uh, costume, and she would get in the, and she liked it. She, yeah. she, I mean, she was a teenager, of course, but you're right, you, they can't see your face, so it's less humiliating than, I mean, right, it is humiliating, especially if you're a high schooler, and somebody, you're working at Benihana, no. and somebody, your friends well, come friends, by or something. a group of friends, or the cool kids come in, and you're part of the people that have to sing yeah. and clap or wear a silly hat. Right. I mean, at Benihana, they used to make you put on a giant mask yeah, when it masks. was your birthday. Yes. Yeah, which was fun for kids, but at some point, like yeah. if you're 14 or 15, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, just put me out of my misery. Uh, here's a text, taught sex education and natural family planning at my Catholic church as a volunteer for 10th graders and beyond. Oh my goodness, never again. Okay. Uh, in summers during my college years, I worked at a camp store at a Yogi Bear Jellystone Park campground every day, usually a couple times a day. I had to dress up in a Yogi Bear costume oh my and entertain the kids. Hot summer days, and the suit wasn't air conditioned, but it helped pay for college. I uh, used to go to Walmart to laugh at the poor employees who had to sing and chant at the morning pep fest. Right out on the floor, they were so embarrassed. Oh, team there's members. a, there's yeah, a the morning team members. pep there must fest? Be, yes. Yeah. I don't well, know you know what? I don't do blame I don't blame employers for trying no. to get your employees engaged. And you know what? Even though they they may laugh at it or roll their eyes or mm-hmm. feel embarrassed, I think it, there is something to be said about boosting your energy. Yep. And yep. like getting Maybe people we engaged. Start doing that. We should. We should have an Adam Jordan and David chat. Yeah. Fest. We could film Chant. it every morning. I love that.
I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've ever had. I mean, when I was a lifeguard, we used to have to wear those red bathing suits, but that was sort of yep. par for the course. And you got to twirl the cool whistle, so I felt cool about that. Um, yeah, I worked for the city, uh, the city in the summers, and I'd have to paint like crosswalks mm-hmm. and do sign repair. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily embarrassing, but like I'll, I'd see all my friends out on the road, hey, working. You know, it's like, yeah, I have a job. I'm being productive. Yeah, member of society. You're a useless slug. Yeah. Uh, yep, curious about that. So that that's a fun one. Six five one four six one nine two two six. What brought this up? Mm-hmm. What, what? How did uh, the, we start this conversation? We talked about the somebody texting in about the panacook and who's oh, yes. a woman works for the panacook and yes. had to wear the costume and to run and yell and yeah. It's the restaurants where you're kind of forced to do that stuff. Bartenders often have to do that. Like if they get a tip, you've been to a bar where they like ring, ring the, the bell, bell or they say. I mean, ringing a bell I think is fine, but sometimes they have to yell something silly. When they do that or... Depends on the restaurant. I guess. Tough times. You got to do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. Maybe yeah. do a shot with the people that are buying it. It's a tough job. Yeah. Although you'd love it. Well, there'd be certain times. Dollar margarita night, I'd love yes. it. Dollar margarita yeah. night. It's also tough to uh, be a lawmaker these days, especially if maybe you have a couple of lawsuits against you. We are going to be joined by Jill Hasday to talk about the Supreme Court's decision uh, to weigh in on whether Donald Trump should be immune from prosecution for the January 6th insurrection. That is next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Supreme Court on uh, Wednesday agreeing to take the case whether or not former President Donald Trump enjoys total immunity from prosecution. And this is a victory for President Trump. It's He wants to delay, 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 and this will delay things even further. Every time we talk about the Supreme Court, we bring in our next guest. That is uh, Dr. Jill Hasday from the University of Minnesota, constitutional lawyer. Jill, thank you so much for the time, as always. So how big a victory is this for the president? In other words, how quickly... Will the Supreme Court be able to hear this and decide it? Of course, it won't happen until next month, or excuse me, April. So what kind of, um, what kind of expedition can we see from the Supreme Court here? Um, I would say this is a significant victory for Donald Trump. His basic legal argument is that his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election were official action he undertook as president and that he enjoys absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for those acts. There's a very strong consensus that that is not a winning legal argument. So this case really isn't about him winning on the merits, but it's exactly as you say, it's about what time would his trial take place The Supreme Court has scheduled oral arguments for April 25th, and I would say a decision would probably come down in late June or the first week of July, right at the end of the Supreme Court term. Um, Even if that uh, decision was a complete on the merits loss for Donald Trump, the trial probably couldn't begin until late September, early October. Donald Trump's strategy has always been to try to delay as much as possible because if he wins the presidential election, this is a federal case, and obviously he would not be interested in prosecuting himself. 
You only uh, Jill, you say it's a win. Is it only on process? And if so, why did the Supreme Court agree to hear it if the law is mostly clear that he could not be shielded from criminal prosecution? Okay, I guess two things. So one is process. It's easy to think like process is just technical details, but process can be how you win. And this is an example, right? If he can delay the trial till after the presidential election, he wins that election. He's won. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, If you wanted to argue in favor of the Supreme Court taking the case, there hasn't been a previous Supreme Court decision clearly establishing whether presidents can be prosecuted because, I guess, lucky for us as a nation, it really hasn't come up exactly in this form. There are a number of earlier Supreme Court decisions um, about presidential immunity that suggest that Trump's argument is very weak, but this precise issue hasn't been decided. Okay, for the cynics then who say, uh, of course they decided to take the case. They want to hand Donald Trump a victory. It's a conservative court. Three of them were put there by the former president. And for people losing faith in the Supreme Court, what would be your argument to defend them saying, defending the court saying, no, this is actually uh, a case that they should take up? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't quite defend them, but I would say something else, which is I think this is a victory for Donald Trump, but... I suspect the reason they took it is actually to um, protect themselves institutionally. So the Supreme Court recently heard oral argument in the case arising out of Colorado's attempt to uh, take Trump off the ballot because he participated in an insurrection, allegedly against the United States. And it looks like the Supreme Court is going to rule for Donald Trump in that case. So... If you think about the Supreme Court as a political entity, it looks much better for the court if they can, as they're issuing this decision in favor of Trump being on the ballot in every state, if they can say, but look, we're not Trump lackeys. Here we are saying he actually can be prosecuted. So from the Supreme Court's own perspective, it's appealing to take this case because this is a case where they'll be able to rule against Donald Trump while, as I said, procedurally giving him a tremendous victory. Couldn't they do that, though, uh, in essence, not taking the case? Wouldn't that send the same message? Um, So if they actually wanted to harm Donald Trump, refusing to take the case would have been would have been the thing to do. There's nothing in terms of attracting popular attention, though, an opinion definitely does that much more than a uh, refusal to grant cert or refusal to take the case. And this gives them the opportunity to write an opinion where they pontificate about the rule of law and, you know. No one is above the law, including Donald Trump. So I think they're going to think it has more of an impact. But I suspect this was controversial on the Supreme Court. The briefing on this Trump immunity case was completed on February 15th, and they only just announced yesterday that they had decided to take the case. That's a significant delay, and to me it suggests that there was dispute on the court about what to do. We're speaking with Jill Hasday from the University of Minnesota. She's a constitutional lawyer. Jill, Sort of a 30,000 feet question. You just said, you know, the, 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 the judiciary as a political body. Should we be looking at the judiciary, the Supreme Court, as a political body? I always thought they weren't supposed to be. So have views, have Americans' views changed? Has, I mean, are, should we now be looking at them as a political body? Well, 
public confidence in the Supreme Court has dropped about 20 percentage points over the last two years, which I think is largely attributed to Dobbs, which is the case that overruled Roe, but not in, but not entirely. Um, I don't want to say the Supreme Court is political in the sense that Congress is political. I mean, most notably, the justices don't have to worry about ever being elected and certainly not about being reelected. But on the same, but at the same time, I think it is very clear if you look at the court's decisions over time that the court is very aware of its institutional capital. One thing I've often said in my own constitutional law classes is the Supreme Court cares about nothing so much as itself, meaning preserving its reputation, et cetera. And the court has taken a number of reputational hits in recent years, hence the huge drop in popularity. And I think they are looking for opportunities to sort of burnish their luster. Talk to me also about the merits of the case. President Trump has argued that if presidents, you know, his defense is basically that if presidents are concerned about criminal charges after leaving the White House, that they can't act as effectively as presidents. Is that a legitimate argument? Um, This is basically the argument that presidents have often made for um, immunity. And in fact, there is an earlier Supreme Court case that says, Fitzgerald, that says presidents cannot be held liable for actual official acts. Um, But Donald Trump is contending that an attempt to overthrow the election is part of his ordinary presidential duties, which to me seems pretty implausible. Um, I, I just don't think that this is a quiver that presidents have to have in their bow. The uh, issue of recusal uh, is, co- is coming up again with Clarence Thomas based on his wife's role, alleged role in, in what happened uh, after the 2020 election. Any likelihood that uh, Justice Clarence Thomas would recuse himself from this from this decision, from this case? Well, obviously, I don't have an intimate personal connection to Justice Thomas, but if I had to personally predict, I would think no. Many people have raised this issue because Ginny Thomas, at least as the news reporting suggests, was quite involved in the efforts to um, challenge the 2020 uh, uh, election. But to date, Justice Thomas has not recused himself from anything involving that. See, that's, the, you know, related issues. That's crazy to me because you you just said, and we all agree, that they have some uh, they have some reparations to do with their uh, with 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 how people view them. You know, they need to repair America's view of them being partisan or taking bribes or taking, you know, fancy vacations. I mean, you're right. We have I'll speak for myself personally. We have lost a lot of faith with what we've learned about from the judiciary. I mean, you talked about them repairing their reputation. Don't I mean, do you think that would be a good way to do that where he could step back and say, see, we are a fair body? Do you think he should? I think it would be a step in the right direction. I mean, the Supreme Court did issue with some fanfare and ethics uh, standards about recusing themselves. The problem with the ethical standards they suggested, they're all voluntary. There's no check on any individual justice's decision-making. And a premise of, in general of the rule of law is that people are not good judges in their own trials. So, I mean, there's no, there's no outside check. Jill, thank you for the time today. As always, we appreciate it. I'm sure uh, we'll be uh, talking again in the future. Thanks for having me. Jill Hasday, uh, constitutional lawyer from the University of Minnesota. 1045 on News Talk 830 WC. We forgot to ask Jill uh, what her embarrass- if she had an embarrassing job in the past. I doubt she did.
Everybody has to have had an embarrassing job. I have another question for okay. you. Can you end a sentence on a preposition? I, I'm, I'm struggling. I probably do all the time. I'm, I'm shook. I'm physically shaken from what Merriam-Webster has declared today. We will discuss next. So what are we talking about this for? Stop it. Okay, my ears are going to start bleeding during this segment. Sorry, I just had to blow my nose. Um, David knows, because I have said this on the air, and if my children were not in school and they were listening, they would probably feel vindicated. Because when somebody asks the question about someone else's location in Minnesota. Where are you at? There you go. You want to come with? Currently, my ears are now bleeding, so I'll try (laughs) to get through this segment. But it's also first, called how people talk. Yeah. Okay. It is upsetting. Us normals down here, you know, talk. Upsetting to hear somebody end a sentence with a preposition. Oh, and again. Of all the things little, in the world somebody should be concerned with. Little blood trickles out every time. And my children will not be able to count how many times I have said don't end a sentence with a preposition. And some of it's sinking in. But when I saw this headline, it shook my foundation. <laughs> According to NPR, Merriam-Webster says you can end a sentence with a preposition. Now, the Internet is fighting back. Us grammar snobs are fighting back. But I have been reading about this. You and other 78-year-old women out there who are are the only ones who care about this. People get worked up because we have spent our lives believing that you shouldn't say things that end with at or for or of or about – And because it hurts our ears and it's not proper English and we want you to speak proper English, but or English properly. But what I've learned is that romance languages derive from Latin. So generally, when people were teaching English, which is a romance language, they would try to make it as similar as it was to the Latin original, which nobody really speaks Latin anymore. It's called evolution of language. So. That we are wrong to cling to an idea that was born in you know the 17th century, and we should they're be right. Able, we should be able to abandon these these ridiculous Silly grammar rules. rules. They are ridiculous, and I will say, you know, the so so now they're saying ending a sentence with a preposition is permissible. It's not wrong, but still, does it sound correct? And the sentences that David just said, which I will not repeat on the air, still sound wrong to me. That it just, it just doesn't sound right. It just hurts my ears. I just don't like it. But there are other sentences that I'm sure I use because, again, no one's perfect. Like, for example, when you – somebody comes in and, you know, asks you about your conversation. You say, this is what we're talking about. Well, about is a preposition. But you wouldn't say to them – this is about what we're talking. You know, you might say this is a conversation that we're having together. You, you might say something. Like, but again, you say this is what we're talking about. That's what I was talking about. I, I'm sure I have said that. But and, and that goes against the rule. Yet, like you said, Adam, this is what I was discussing. You can use you can use that. Somebody says it just if you end a sentence in a preposition, just add bleep hole to the end of the sentence and it fixes it. <laughs> you know what? Where are we that going to? Bleep hole? That person is correct. Yes, that person. Where you at, jerk? But here's yes. the thing. Mm-hmm. I agree with it in that these – and I get it. Yes, mm-hmm. we all – most of us took English 
We should have learned the mm-hmm. rules of quote unquote proper English. But mm-hmm. what is proper English now? It's who are these rules set up by? I I, I envision these you know Cambridge and Oxford yes. professors who are you know taskmasters as to the old English language and that how things should be going, think how this should be said and read and written. And language uh-huh. evolves. It does. I, it's funny you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Okay, go ahead, Dave. I, well, I, yeah, I I just to, to further to accentuate yes. what you mean about language evolving, it's language evolving and communication mm-hmm. evolving. And w- what mm-hmm. we're seeing with uh, the fact that we communicate on text so often and certain things mean things on text, including emojis. Like there is a standard of when I send a certain emoji mm-hmm. or a certain acronym or whatever via text, it means something. And that's not like a rule of grammar, but it's a rule. It's a custom of how we communicate. And that rule that this smiley face means this is just as valid as the rule that says you can't use a preposition at the end of a sentence. It is because those are the same thing. They're both just made up. up. Of course they are. They're made up. I want uh, this. I'm going to be like, here's like a hoi polloi what I'm doing. But there's a uh, Ken Burns has a. A documentary series mm-hmm. on Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway, mm-hmm. and the reason he was so revolutionary and is looked at as in such high regard because he did he broke a lot of uh, rules in literature and how you write, mm-hmm. and but he simplified everything, mm-hmm. and that was again there was a certain part of the population the liter- um that looked at that and said, that's not how you, the rules say you shouldn't do that. Right. Using and so many times. Mm, To start a sentence. We never used to use and to start a sentence. But he did that and it was a very approachable way to write literature. So. Because it, because it's conversational, right? We're taught Mm -hmm. when, when I was a young reporter, I'm not, I'm just a silly talk show host now, but when I was a reporter, we had journalistic integrity and not that I don't That's anymore, but <laughs> well, what happened to that? Just there is a difference. Um, and we would, you know, a grammar was important to the stories. And there were certain things that you wouldn't do or you wouldn't say. Or I certainly was tried to be very clear in the grammar in which I wrote my stories. And that but when but you're also taught to write conversationally, write as if the way people speak and that. It's harder to write conversationally, but that's how we communicate. So some of those rules went out the window. And because you were trying to communicate in a way that people could relate to, they're certainly not going to say sentences like mm, some of the textures are are showing us examples of, yeah, it's proper grammar, but it sounds crazy. I had went to the store. I mean, we're not going to say that. Uh, what are you going to do? That is not something with which – I I would not put, like put up with. Where are you going to? It's that crazy. is something up with which I will not put. Yeah, yeah. And somebody did call me out, and rightfully so. They say, Jordana, as the grammar police is hilarious, ask her to say important. I can't say that word. That's an actual term. There's a term for important. that. Important. glottalization. Important. When you I, drop your T's, it's called glottalization. I thought it was a Jersey thing, um, but I, my dad says his heart, like, imp- I could say important. Yeah, I can, I can say that word, Important. But if I was speaking conversationally to you, that it would never come out important. that way. I would say that's not an important thing for me to remember. Yeah. I, and I do. I drop that. And that's a it's a flaw of the way I speak. That's interesting. Oh, is that? Interesting. Inter- interesting. Same interesting. thing, right? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Quickly, you say interesting. It's, it's interesting. Drop the teeth. You're absolutely right. That's a good point. How do you say W? W. The, what, what would you say? W-W-W. W. 
W C C O. I used to my friends because I used to say that W C C O. My friends would give me grief about that, but that's why you. It's a yeah. It's not W C C O. It's W C C O. How about the word sandwich? Sandwich. Sandwich. Some people say sandwich, which is terrible. Sandwich. I know it's awful. It's awful. That's like a New Jersey sloppy Joe. That just ain't right. Oh, right. Don't judge. Don't judge. Someone says Jordana, I'm with you 100. percent Thank you. I see you. What's coming up next? Scene. I feel, what I are we know. going? What, what are we going to do? Uh, like, well, where are we going to? I think I should keep being the grammar police and being proven wrong. Yeah, text in your most uh, frustrations with gr- our grammar. Oh boy! Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 